Hello and welcome to the Clubhouse. Patrick Folks here with you in the ABC Grandstand studio. Thank you very much for joining me. If uh, you're joining me for the first time, welcome to the program. And if you're making a return trip, thank you very much for being here. We appreciate all our listeners in the Clubhouse because we're going to be talking rugby. And that's Rugby Union for the next half hour. And it's our Grandstand's exclusive rugby program. Got a packed show for you today. It's all in build-up to that first uh, Bledisloe this coming Saturday, August the 17th at Sydney Olympic Stadium. Grandstand's going to have a full call of that match. We're going to be chatting to Grandstand expert Ross Reynolds and getting his opinion on the match and where the lay of the land is, I guess, at this current stage, um, uh, just a few days out from that first test. I managed to catch up with James O'Connor today. Had a one-on-one with him just briefly, and uh, we'll catch up with him next. Also, Michael Hooper as well. Plus, we'll look at Queensland Premier Rugby and, of course, the Shoot Shield competition in Sydney as well. So stay with me in the clubhouse today, and we'll bring you the latest from the game of Rugby Union. On ABC Grandstand Digital, The Clubhouse. The Clubhouse. With Patrick Folks. Just running through some rugby news for you. Benji Marshall has decided to sign for two years with the Auckland Blues, officially now leaving the West Tigers from Rugby League. Sonny, Will, Sonny Bill Williams is also, as well, looking at potentially securing an, a deal with the NZRU. Reportedly, they've offered him a three-year deal, and it would mean that he could play for the Roosters next year. And uh, Dan Carter is going to be taking a six-month sabbatical following the All Black Spring Tour to Europe, following in the footsteps of his colleague uh, Richie McCaw for the All Blacks as well. Now, I was at uh, Wallaby Camp this morning, and I managed to catch up with James O'Connor. Let's have a listen to that chat now. James, welcome uh, to the clubhouse, and thanks for talking with us on Grandstand today. Coming off the back of the Lions, um, what's it been like in camp for you thus far? Yeah, it's been good. Uh, the boys have definitely sort of come in with an open mind. Uh, you know, everyone's sort of fighting for their, their positions, and there's no sort of there's no gimmies at the moment. Um, training's definitely been well, intensity's been right up there. You, you mentioned that intensity. Obviously, taking on the All Blacks, we've heard Will Genia say frequently that playing the All Blacks, it's just 80 minutes of non-stop fast rugby. It's uh, is it something the squad's talked about this year in terms of winning back the Bledisloe after 10 years? That pace that that you need throughout the 80 minutes? Yeah, there's no doubt the All Blacks love to sort of play at a fast pace. That's how they sort of, I guess, get those mismatches. Uh, you know, their backs on uh, other teams' forwards, etc., like that. But um, you know, we've we've sort of we've more been focusing about our game sort of the last sort of week. Um, you know, we've sort of all come in, different coach, uh, just, I guess, finding our way in terms of those sort of structures. But, you know, I, I guess for credit to the new coaching uh, staff, you know, we picked it up very quickly. And, you know, we're already sort of in our strides and already building on that, building to the next phase. But, you know, in terms of the All Blacks, yeah, look, we've all done done a fair bit of homework on them and sort of on their little traits. And we think that uh, we can use a few of them against them. 
Um, in terms of your own game, obviously, um, in the you and McKenzie era, you're not necessarily going to be in the number 10 position. We're not sure yet, but how has that affected your your preparation for this um, for this first test? Got to get a little bit lighter. Um, no, prep hasn't been sort of too different. Um, the way sort of I play, obviously, different positions allow you to do sort of different things, but my fundamental game is the same. So wherever I play, um, I guess you can't change your skill set. No, but I've sort of worked on. In that in that off break, uh, high end speed, a fair bit of a fair bit more sort of top end speed. So if I am sort of found out on the wing one on one or at fullback sort of one on one, or you know my <clears throat> my repeat speeds will be a lot better. And the challenge of um, not only beating the All Blacks in Sydney, but then two tests over in New Zealand. Are you looking forward to that? Because if the Wallabies can't do that this year, that would be a, a nice piece of Australian rugby history. Yeah, it would. Like I, I love playing in New Zealand, um, Eden Park. Everyone talks about sort of the. You know the hoodoo there, but I think it's a it's a good stadium to play at. There's so much atmosphere there, and you know I think that rubs off on on both teams, to be honest. But um, it's only sort of not as great when it's uh, winds are pouring, <laughs> winds are sort of 100 miles an hour, and you know it's uh, pouring down. But uh, hopefully we can keep that away. But these uh, these first two games are sort of what my sort of sole focus is on at the moment. So I haven't sort of looked too far ahead because I find when I do, you know, you don't play your best rugby, yeah. and you start thinking about other variables. So, obviously, two game for the Blooders, though, but this one game in particular, and it's all about sort of making the, making the team, you know. And considering the difficulties uh, with contracts and stuff that uh, is happening in your career right now, is it good just to focus on, on playing rugby and training? Yeah, exactly. That's sort of been a big sort of focus shift is I just want to focus on just, just playing rugby and enjoying it and um, getting back to sort of that vibe of, you know, when you, when you first started playing and just loving it, uh, it's been good. Got sort of got back to um, club rugby and got to see sort of, you know, the grassroots and I really, like, thoroughly enjoyed that, you know, down at West Harbour. They're, they're a great bunch of guys and some good people working there and ended up getting a game for them as well, which was which was pretty fun too. And that's the Shoot Shield, which you can catch on ABC TV. James, yeah. thanks for talking <laughs> to Grandstand and good luck in camp and against the All Blacks this week. Oh, good. Thanks, mate. That was James O'Connor joining us in the clubhouse, and it was great to finally catch up with him one-on-one. Ross Reynolds is Grandstand's expert commentator, and up next we get the latest on the Bledisloe coming up this Saturday with him. On ABC Grandstand Digital, the clubhouse. The clubhouse. With Patrick Folks. Well, as we have been talking about this Saturday, it's the first Bledisloe Cup and Rugby Championship clash for 2013 when the Wallabies take on the All Blacks at Sydney Olympic Park. Ross Reynolds is going to be there, a former Wallaby and Waratah himself as a part of the Grandstand team. He's our expert commentator and he joins you in the clubhouse now. Ross, thanks for joining me once again in the program. Are you excited about uh, this new chapter of Australian rugby with Ewan McKenzie now that we've We've put the disappointment of the British and Irish Lions series behind us. Yes, I think it's an exciting era, and I think Ewan McKenzie deserves the opportunity. Uh, sad to see Robbie Deans go, but uh, I think for Australian rugby, we had to have a change to change the way the players are thinking, and I think Ewan McKenzie will bring a new style of game, and hopefully it's uh, good enough to compete with the All Blacks. One of the things that Ewan's really talked about, Ross, is the the new life in the Australian rugby. I mean, anyone who's carrying injuries, he hasn't really considered for this squad. I mean, Tatafu Plotter now, a very high-quality player, is is not in that consideration. So he's really looking for the fresh and available troops. Do you think that's... uh, It's certainly a different tactic, but do you think that's the right way to be going at the moment? 
Well, I spoke to you on the day you got uh, selected, and he said that there was five Australian players that were all under an injury cloud. So I just think it's just crazy to play players carrying an injury at 70% against the British Lions or the All Blacks or the South Africans for that matter. You really just mentally cannot compete in a game that is so physical and there's nowhere to hide. The the changes to the um, the scrum uh, the scrum laws that's recently came in that was reported in in Fairfax uh, this week. And that's that's an interesting one, isn't it, Ross? And I know forwards coach uh, Andrew Blades was was very excited about that and apparently was ecstatic to be talking um, scrums. The change is now going to be a crouch bind set, which uh, apparently is going to make it for a more a technical uh, style scrum. Do you think this could be a bit of a key to the Wallabies, considering traditionally our packs have been have been smaller and and fairly or unfairly not known as the best scrummages in the world? Well, I, I, I disagree. I think the Australian scrum actually did really well against the British Lions in the first and second tests, and we have over the years in recent times been able to compete with the best. But what we haven't been able to do is concentrate for each test. And maybe that's the youth aspect, I'm not sure, but we certainly haven't been able to put back-to-back scrummaging performances for, you know, five tests in a row. And we get caught short, like going into the third test against the Lions, they'd probably had the, the better of the two first tests in that in that set piece. And then we go into the third test, first scrum, bang, we're on roller skates. So psychologically, uh, the boys were just on the back foot and then the whole game slipped, slipped down the slippy dip from there. Psychologically is something you mentioned there, and that's important because the All Blacks, no doubt, will be looking for any weakness to expose in the Wallabies. And do you think that will be a particular area to target? We know Richie McCaw has talked about it before. Well, I know the All Blacks are talking about clarity and game plan, mental toughness, physical preparation. And their last start, they won 30-0 against France, and they did that through a high-intensity aerobic game and just kick chase was uh, really disciplined. So they're not going to give you anything, the All Blacks. So Australia has to come with a mindset, and I know there's been a bit of discussion this week about Australia having to believe that they can beat the All Blacks. It's such a powerful weapon. We've only beaten them seven times the last 30 tests. So... We don't go in with a great track record. We've got our first game at home and then two away. So if we have any hope of uh, securing the Bledisloe Cup since 2002, we've got to win this game and then snabble one of the two in New Zealand, Wellington or Dunedin. That is a depressing stat, isn't it, Ross? Seven out of the last 30. That's not a stat we like hearing in the clubhouse, but uh, it's important that we deal with reality. Now, I mentioned Richie McCaw before. He hasn't obviously played a lot of rugby this year because he took some time away from the game. Um, do you think that uh, the amount of rugby he's played is enough to just throw himself back into to test level? Coach Steve Hansen said that he knew Richie McCaw was ready for test level rugby. As a former player yourself, what do you think? Oh, I think uh, with Richie McCaw, it's mental uh, preparation. And with Richie playing so many tests, I think mentally he's fine. Uh, I've always been amazed when he came back when I was coaching. He'd been out for you know three and four tests and he'd play a whole 80 minutes as if he'd been playing each of those four previous tests. He is quite an extraordinary athlete in terms of uh, his physical prowess, but his mental prowess is where he's really ahead of most others. Mentally very tough. If he says he's ready to go, he's ready to go. Now, an important topic that we've talked about a lot this year, Ross, but it's uh, certainly one that's not going away. It's the number 10 issue. We we can probably surmise that it's not going to be James O'Connor anymore, 
for the simple fact he hasn't been picked in the squad as a number 10. Quade Cooper, the front runner, but Matt Tamua, he really uh, proved himself for the Brumbies this year. And Bernard Foley has uh, certainly had a, a worthwhile season as well. Ross, putting you on the spot, who, if you're selector slash coach today, who would you be putting in at number 10 for the All Blacks test this Saturday? Well, I, I think Matt Tamua deserves the the, uh, the start. I think he's played consistently well at Super 15 all year. Uh, he found a way to win the game against the Bulls in South Africa in the semi-final when he ran up the line, the winger shot up, and he got the ball in behind. Now, for him to be able to read that situation and choose his uh, pass accordingly to score the try... Uh, set up the try was fantastic. So, look, I think he's been physically probably the best 5-8 as well, defensively outstanding, and he does pick up front rows and, and sit them on their bottom. So, look, he's not a weakness in his game, um, and I think he deserves a chance. I think Bernard Foley has played exceptionally well and does attack the gain line every time he gets the ball. So he will create a lot of... Uh, interest in the defence and, and Quade Cooper is probably the favourite to reunite with Will Genia and make that 9-10 Queensland Reds combination and you couldn't argue that that wouldn't be successful as well Quade Cooper's just got to get uh, his mind right and uh, keep attacking the gain line and not sit in the pocket and uh, the issue of the props, uh, an important one, considering we were talking about how important the scrums are earlier uh, with Ben Robinson being dropped it's a real opportunity for the Brumby Scott CEO well, I think he's probably the favourite for the uh, the loose head unless they're going to move one of uh, Slipper or Alexander across. So I think CA deserves a start. He's a bit of an unknown, so that would uh, test the All Blacks because they won't know a lot about him. And his mobility around the paddock is outstanding. So with what Andrew Blade said about the new uh, scrum engagement helping Australia, uh, that'll take a little bit of emphasis off uh, experience in that area. So I think CO would be a good choice. And then you've got Alexander and Slipper on the other side um, and Albert Anna to, to make up the front row. So it'll be an interesting uh, selection when uh, McKenzie does finalise that. And Ross, just finally wrapping up, if I if I may indulge uh, one of my one of my theories, Ben Moen is uh, is a is a capable performer. He's done great work at provincial level for both uh, the Waratahs and now with with the Brumbies. And he's come into the Wallaby squad at 28, just a bit older than what is traditional for a player coming through to the Wallaby squad. One of my theories is he a bit of a a, a Mike Hussey-esque character of of Australian rugby, Mr. Rugby. Uh, look, I think he's performed really well. He's probably not in the mould of the big uh, blockbusting back rows of uh, Rocky Olsen and, uh, you know, Whitecliffe Parlow and Scott Higginbotham. He's a little bit slighter frame than that. But what he does bring is this very light frame that is able to be lifted very late and very high in the line-out. And his physicality for a lighter frame has been outstanding. So, And I think the biggest thing that you gain with Ben Mullen is his leadership. No matter what the situation, his mind is on the job and he's mentally tough and he's continually conjoling and, and ushering the boys around the paddock and encouraging them. So, look, he's a real asset, and I, I do agree. If, 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 uh, if the analogy is Mike Hussey, it's a very good one. Well, thank you very much, Ross. It's one of my, one of my working theories, so we'll see how that goes. Just quickly, before I let you go, a quick tip. Uh, I'm assuming you're tipping Australia at Sydney Olympic, uh, but uh, by how many? Look, I think uh, Australia are dangerous because uh, when they're underdogs, they're really dangerous and they would have been hurting after that third test against the Lions so I think Australia can win they've got to believe they can win and they've got to play for 80 minutes and they've got to chase every kick and that for me 
was a real sign that the things weren't going well in that third test. They didn't chase any kicks, so they've really got to have a mindset that they've got to do everything at 100 miles an hour, and Ewan McKenzie will get them in that right frame of mind, and I think they're a real chance. Well, Ross, we look forward to catching you this Saturday on ABC Grandstand, and you can catch Ross from 7.30 onwards for the full call of Australia taking on the All Blacks at Sydney Olympic Park on ABC Grandstand, on the app and online as well. Ross, thank you very much for joining me in the clubhouse once again. Always a pleasure talking shop with you. Thanks, Patrick. I'm looking forward to Saturday night. It should be one of the great, great tests. ABC Grandstand Digital. Well, last week, Michael Hooper was announced as the Australian Super Rugby Player of the Year and a nice award for the, the young Waratah. And I started off by asking him if he was surprised to receive the award considering that the Waratahs didn't feature in finals rugby this season. Uh, yeah, it was a bit of a surprise, to be honest. Um, you know, I turned up in the morning thinking I'd media and uh, Bill Pulver showed up and you know, uh, awarded me the trophy, which I was obviously very excited about. Um, you know, it was a, it was a hard year for us at the Tars. You know, off the start of the season, we lost a few games and um, really had to rebuild throughout the middle. So, um, you know, uh, we started playing some really enjoyable footy um, for, to be involved in throughout the middle. And uh, yeah, no, it was I was very stoked. Now, Michael, the squad has been uh, has been trimmed to to thirty players. Are you disappointed to see some of your your Waratahs colleagues leave? We know that uh, Ben Robinson is uh, not participating any further in the in the Wallaby squad for the present moment. Yeah, it is very disappointing. You know, obviously, you spend the whole year with these guys, and you you make great friendships and things like that. Um, you know, I think those guys have been playing some really good footy. Um, ben Ben's been, as you said, a consistent performer for us throughout the year. Um, and I thought was really good in Wallaby colours during that Lions series. So, you know, it's tough, but there's reason behind selection. Um, and I'm sure that him, Dave, Petey and, you know, the boys will come back a lot stronger. Now, there's been eight uncapped players that are still named in the squad. Do you think this is breathing a bit of a new life into the Wallabies now that there's a new coach and, you know, a new direction perhaps for Australian rugby? No, it seems that way. You know, there's already been a few changes, obviously, with coaching staff and things like that. Um, you know, it's been a really exciting week. Everyone's been training hard, and the new ideas that you and, and um, the other coaches have put in place are really exciting. I think the boys are buying into. Um, you know, we, we've um, started having a taste for them this week, and we just want to put them into practice next weekend. We, we've heard about a powerful moment that happened uh, during the Wallabies camp um, during this week was that uh, the squad was asked to raise their hands if uh, anyone there had won uh, a Bledisloe Cup. And the only two people in the room who were able to do it was uh, the head coach, Ewan McKenzie, and forwards coach, Andrew Blades. Did that moment make you realise the enormity of the challenge in terms of taking and beating the All Blacks this year? It does, mate. You know, it's it's a tough year ahead for us because there's two away games and obviously just the first one in Sydney at home. Uh it's uh, it's obviously a tough challenge. You know, we haven't won it in 10 years and, and that was a big moment for us. I think, um, you know, you can take a lot from it though and a lot of motivation because it has been so rare and, um, you know, we, we definitely want it back. I mean, it's been said every year, but I know um, this year uh, there's a talent pool here, a new coach, new feel, and, you know, everyone's very excited. And Ewan McKenzie has made it pretty clear that he doesn't believe in hoodoos and considering the success of the Queensland Reds in terms of beating the New Zealand sides, is that a bit of extra comfort for the squad as well, knowing that Ewan doesn't believe in it, maybe we can win a couple more in New Zealand? Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, you'd be a fool to buy into that sort of thing because, you know, at the end of the day, the best team will win. And, um, you know, we plan to be that. We've got things we've got, um, you know, put 
good um, things in place to get that win and, and to do the best po- we possibly can. On ABC Grandstand Digital, The Clubhouse. The Clubhouse. With Patrick Folks. As we do every week, it's time now to look at Queensland Premier Rugby. And Luke Pentney is uh, off in Russia uh, looking at the track and field event over there, the World Track and Field. So he's not available to give us score updates on Queensland Premier Rugby. However, I can help you. Let's run through the round now, round 17. Easts 44 defeated Brothers 12. GPS 25 uh, went down to the University of Queensland 46 at Yoku Road. Gold Coast Breakers 54 just beat Norths 51 in a high-scoring affair there at Bond University. Sunnybank 35, they defeated Souths 24. And Sunshine Coast Rugby Union 12 went down to West 43. Going through the ladder for you Queensland Premier Rugby fans, GPS is on top on 68 points. Brothers in second on 65. In third, it's Easts and University of Queensland both on 63. Sunnybank on 55. Souths on 48 points. Wests on 40. Gold Coast Breakers 21. North's 18, and Sunshine Coast, 6 points. And uh, Natalie Unities joins us now. She's just walked into the studio to talk about something a bit further south from Queensland Premier Rugby, and that's the Shoot Shield competition in Sydney. Natalie, thanks for joining me once again, uh, and welcome to you. Thanks for having me, Pat. First of all, it was a, an interesting round of Shoot Shield action, but the game you were at with the ABC TV crew, Eastern Suburbs against Eastwood, it was a close affair for most of the match, but Eastwood ran away with it 39-22 at Willara. Do you want to tell us a bit about that one? Well, if you look at the result, I mean, in the end, it was 39-22, to like you say, but, and I mean, Eastwood scored four tries compared to East's one, but with 10 minutes to go, East's were still in it. They were just a point down. Eventually, the Woodies, like I said, ran over them to gain a bonus point win with one round to play before the finals. It was a bit of a disruptive round, really, wasn't it? Because they had all their Super Rugby players come back, and then they lost to them again, all the Waratahs boys, anyway, because they went off to Argentina with the New South Wales Barbarians. So... It must have been very difficult uh, for teams to adjust for that. Do you want to run through the other results? Yeah, the other results. Now, Sydney Uni, you were talking about teams that get their Super Rugby. Well, they would have been down with troops, yeah. Oh, they got their Wallabies that didn't make the squad as well. So they got, they got them all back. And not surprisingly, 95 to 7 point winners over poor Gordon. <laughs> I did see a funny tweet from Gordon. Uh, uh, during that, uh, during the the carnage at University Oval, um, someone did tweet "last try wins" from the Gordon Twitter account. I thought that <laughs> was hilarious because you would have been begging for that. At least they have a sense of humour about it. I mean, you can't help but feel sorry for them. I mean, what else could possibly happen in that situation? Anyway, the other matches. Waringa 36 defeated Parramatta 24, so that pretty much ends Parramatta's chances of making the finals, and it propels Waringa into the eight. So that leaves. A little bit interesting at the bottom end of the eight there. North staged a comeback against Manly, but ended up losing that match 23-15, to 15, so they drop out of the eight. Penrith had their best showing for the year, 32-12 to 12 point loss against the fifth-placed West Harbour. And Southern Districts got back on the winner's list, 43-26 to 26 victory over Randwick. There you go. We'll look at the ladder just in the top bit there. Eastwood uh, on top on 73 points. Uh, Sydney University are on 70 in second, but you'd expect them to storm home. Southern Districts are in third on 62, and Manly are in fourth on 60. West Harbour 54, 
Eastern Suburbs 42, and then Randwick on 40. Warringah just sitting there on 39 points with Norths on 38. So a close one there in terms of the ladder. Natalie, where's the TV sport team going to be this week? This week we are out at Manly Oval to see Manly and Southern Districts. So third versus fourth. There's only two points separating them on the ladder. So whoever wins this goes into third position. Pretty much, um, and will determine where they play ne- in the first week of the finals, which will be really interesting to see. Yeah, it should be a cracker. So if you are around, get out to your Shoot Shield games, take your radio and listen to ABC Radio whilst you're doing it, and then we'll give you the full wrap on all the other games in the clubhouse next Monday. Natalie, thank you very much for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Pat. If you want to catch more Shoot Shield action, you can. Just go to iView and follow the links to the Sports tab section, and you can find rugby there, free-to-air rugby, um, from the club game in Sydney. If you want to catch this show again, you can. The Clubhouse, it's on iTunes. Just go to uh, abc.net.au slash grandstand. Hit the podcast page. You'll find the Clubhouse there, and all the necessary links are available to you. I've been Patrick Folks here in the ABC Grandstand Studio. Thank you very much for joining me. If you want to join the conversation on Twitter, you can. Just use the hashtag ABCRugby. This Saturday, it's Australia taking on the All Blacks at Sydney Olympic Stadium. We've got a full call of that match. Join us there for more rugby. But until next time, wherever you play the game, enjoy your rugby.